the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, today, here on Abounding Grace, we have a final look at Romans chapter 8 and Christ's love that conquers all. It really is a marvelous stepping stone to chapter 9 of Romans. Join us. Abounding Grace is next. The Ministry of Reformed Heritage Church. Here in San Jose and online at reformedheritage.org, this is Abounding Grace. Hi, welcome to our program. Today, we are back in Romans chapter 8. It is our final look at verses 28 through 39. We're looking at the love of Christ and how this love conquers all. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can stand in the way of this love. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner as we explore this truth further here on today's Abounding Grace. Paul just wants to be honest with us and say, listen, death and life. Oh, we know what death is. Well, really, we don't. But we know we are facing it. Of course, as some have told me, I, and I totally understand this, it's not death that bothers me so much, it's how. But that is included in death. Not just the okay, it's over, I'm dead, I'm with the Lord, but the how. But of course, isn't it interesting? Life is so good. Is it? No, life is sometimes a living hell. Think of some of the sufferings. Think of the stupid things we do that bring awful consequences into our lives. Think of all the awful things we've done in this nation, forgetting God's word, breaking his Sabbath. Can you think of abomination after abomination after abomination that we add to this nation's plate of justice and judgment on God's scale? The unborn babies killed, the stupidity that passes for education. You know, the best thing our government has ever done is master the art of training people in ignorance and killing people on the shores of other nations when we have no business even being there. But the point here is that life can sometimes be horrible. Some of you have gone through seasons in your life, maybe disease, maybe a job loss, and it was a little like pulling out your hair. Well, read the Psalms. What does David say at times? I'm utterly confused. I don't even know where to turn. My sins have just gone over my head. Asaph said in Psalm 73, I feel like a beast before you, Lord, but neither life nor death can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Angels, principalities, powers. These three words cover the entire heavenly host. Good angels, bad angels. It seems kind of strange that Paul would use good angels here. 
as we can understand the bad angels, the ones that fail, but the good angels, the elect angels. Well, remember, he did the same thing in Galatians 1, 8, and 9. Even if an angel from heaven preached another gospel unto you, don't believe it, right? God is free to use any of his creatures to make a point. Nothing that the bad angels with Satan at their head can really do or even the good angels hypothetically can do to attack us without God's approval. And you have to understand, beloved, that we do live in a universe in which there are beings that are far more powerful than we are that can wipe out armies in one night, including the American army with all of its sophistication. If God wanted it to happen... He could send an angel and every tank would be incinerated in one night, every airplane shot down and every aircraft carrier sunk. God holds the evil spirits on a bridle though. And we better be glad he does. Because with Satan as their head, these these entities are murderers. They hate mankind and they especially hate you, the church. But Paul says here, There's nothing these powers can do other than what God has ordained. And even if he is, in Paul's case, allows them to touch us a little bit, it will actually promote our salvation rather than hinder it. He then says, nor things present, nor things to come. Present things to come, of course, this includes the past. There's a lot of things in our past we we can look at and think, boy, God certainly can't love me because I did that. And there are some really horrible things that believers have done in their past. Paul told the Corinthians, some of you were gay prostitutes. Some of you were temple cult prostitutes. Some of you were what we call today pedophiles. This is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were cleansed, you were forgiven by the mercy of God in Jesus Christ. So the past may haunt you, but it doesn't haunt God. He's not afraid of it. He doesn't say, well, I can't love you because of what you have done. He doesn't say to you today, I can't love you because of what you are doing now. Listen, my friends, I'm no dummy. I know what each and every one of us is capable of. I know that many of us may be doing here today, what many of us may be doing here today behind the scenes is not appropriate. This is a culture that encourages double lives, masks, hypocrisy. God says, I am not the least bit impressed, fearful or thwarted from loving you. Because of what you are even doing right now in your life. Just get on your face and repent. You come to the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be forgiven. You'll be cleansed. Come to him. And then in the future, it gets a little bit iffy, doesn't it? What is going to happen with my job this week? What's going to happen with America What's going to happen with RHC? Several of our families have moved out of the state. Is there going to be a church even left here? 
I've got this anticipation of a problem coming up. I've got a disquieted child. I've got an unhappy wife. I've got an unsettled husband. How am I going to deal with this? Am I going to die? Am I going to lose my job? Are we going to have an economic breakdown? In one sense, Paul says to all those things compared to the love of God, who cares? And that is how we have to look at these things. They're there, and we've got to deal with them. We've got to take responsibility for the things of this life, but nothing in the past, in the present, in the future, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Then Paul goes to verse 39, height, depth, must have taken this a little reference to the, most have taken this as a little reference to the depths of thinking like dungeons or hard things. The heights, performance, privileges. Many of God's people have been in the dungeons, Jeremiah, Joseph, Paul, and Silas. Jesus was taken from prison, Isaiah 53.10, and yet God's love was with them there and raised them out of it. Just put in your dungeon, your illness, your frustration, your weakness, your guilt, whatever it may be. You're worried at things that keep you up at night because you just don't know, how am I going to deal with this? How are my children going to deal with this? God says, listen, my love is even in the dungeon. David said in Psalm 139, if I make my bed in hell, God is there. Jonah prayed in the belly of the fish. It doesn't matter how low God in his, is in his providence He may allow us to sink. His love is there. Well, what if we are then raised up? Many wise men think, and I happen to agree with them, that the danger of the heights are greater than the dangers of the depths. God frequently warns his people, be careful when you're well fed and you come to the land of Canaan because you will forget me if you're not careful. He never said how hard it is for a poor man to enter the kingdom of God, did he? He spoke of how hard it is for a rich man. Why? Because if we have everything our hearts could wish for, then it is really easy for us to set up idols. And I don't then need to call upon God. After all, I'm not, I'm not dependent upon God for my daily bread. I've got bread for years stored up or at least the means to get it, so I'm okay. But Paul says here, even the height, sudden wealth, sudden inheritance may cause us to fall. You know, it would be interesting if a Christian, a real Christian, won the lottery, if his case would fit in with this. I don't know if any of you play the lottery. I certainly don't support it. But the statistics are that when most people win a jackpot, it's gone in a couple of years. It doesn't matter how big it is. It's just gone. Of course, you know, friends come out of the woodwork, and I've got to buy some cars, of course, a bigger house. And so many of the winners even end up filing for bankruptcy. It just all disappears. And it would be interesting to see If you ever come into a large inheritance, 
or if you win the lottery, if it would just rattle your whole existence. I can certainly understand that with the unbelievers because there's no love of God holding them up. God's love doesn't lift the unbeliever, but it does lift the Christian. So even if he is suddenly preferred like Joseph and like David, he remains humble. Nebuchadnezzar was unbelievably powerful during his reign. He makes most world leaders today utterly pale in comparison to how magnificent he was along with the empire he built. Daniel was elevated suddenly from prison and taken up to be the prime minister of the most powerful nation and the most powerful army. And what did Daniel do? Did he change? No, he didn't change a bit. Three times a day he was on his face before Almighty God because of love. So even if we are suddenly raised, God's love is able to persevere us and to keep us humble. Then Paul adds, just for kind of a closure, and I love this, nor any other creature. If I have neglected anything, he says, lions, tigers, bears, snakes, big spiders, tanks, guns, prisons, persecution, anything the creature can do. Do you think the creature can outwit or out-wrestle the creator? Of course not. Nothing, nothing can separate us from God. None of these things. Now he concludes with two points, and I want to emphasize them, so please pay close attention. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. There is a very, very powerful formula here. We've almost got two loves here. Now it's not a double love. The love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. But what I think it is meant to emphasize is the vastness of this love. Whenever God and Jesus, these two names are used in the same context, usually by God, is meant the Father. Now, this doesn't exclude the Holy Spirit, nor does it mean Jesus is not God, but there is an order in their operation. The Father sends the Son, the Son comes and down and Uh, uh, and lays down his life for us. The Holy Spirit applies that to us. And the point here is that God loves, God's love for us is complete in his own person. He is the fullness of love. The Father loved us by sending his Son. The Son loved us in laying down his life. The Holy Spirit loves us in applying what Christ has done for us. And and in giving us the understanding that we are loved by God. But do note the relative clause and the dated preposition here, which is in Christ Jesus. There's only one way to have this love. This love gives gives you a buoyancy. It does. Read the Psalms. David could be in the depths at the beginning of a psalm, And at the end of the psalm, David at least has a smile on his face. Oh, Lord, I've been through a hard time, but I'm going to praise you because you are the health of my countenance and my God. Do you want that buoyancy in your trouble? A sense that God is with me? This isn't pleasant. 
I feel it. I don't like to be lonely. I don't like to be sick. I don't like to feel I don't have enough money to pay my bills. I don't like to be cold in the winter or hot in the summer. Put in your own whatever bothers you. More important, I don't like my sins. Now, I don't want you to think that I am ever weary of serving God, but I am weary of of serving him so pathetically. Please, if you want this buoyancy, you can only get it in one place. If you want to know that he is with you and have the assurance and the peace that whatever happens is ordained by God and is right, you must come to one person, Jesus Christ our Lord. You must go to him personally because he is not an idea, my friends, nor is he merely a rallying point. Let's just go and sing Kumbaya to Jesus. Do you know how, do you know him personally? Are you calling on him directly? Again, as I have said so many times, read the gospel. Who gets healed? Who gets fed? Who gets help? Well, you know, I think there's a guy named Jesus Christ over there, and I think he's the son of David, and if he wanted to, he could come and heal me. So maybe he will. Really, while I continue to worry and bite my nails and do this and do that that are opposed to him. No, no. No one like that ever healed anyone. Who gets healed? Who gets fed? Who gets health? Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. That's the only place it comes from. If I could just crawl to him and reach the edge of his garment, he would heal me. I've got to have him. Not an idea about him. Not just a religious force or a governing presupposition. All these things may be fine in the school of philosophy, but they won't save you. And they won't heal you or encourage you when all of the pressure comes because they are unavoidable in one form or another. There's only one thing that will, being in Christ Jesus powerfully. So as I said a few weeks ago, you must close with Christ, not just once. If you don't know him today, close with him now. Come to him now. Confess your sins. Repent where you are. Call on the name of the Lord. Confess him as your only righteousness, your only cleansing. Say with blind Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus, son of David, have mercy upon me and save me. And you know what? He will. But we've got to close with him every day. He is the only one who gives us assurance of love and peace and righteousness and forgiveness. And I must not fail to bring up this one little word at the end of verse 39. Lord, because all of these things are challenging things in verses 38 and 39, which are interestingly just repeated from verse 35 in a slightly different form. They are going to come. There are going to be tribulations. There is going to be distress. There is going to be division among God's people at times. 
There's going to be disease. We're going to watch our parents, and then we're going to watch ourselves grow older and get sick and weak. We're all going to go through this. We're going to go through frustration. Well, my mind is still good. I can still think, but I want to get up and run, but I can't. We're all going to face these things. What do we need to remember? That Jesus Christ is Lord, and he sits as king above the flood. He can help you, and he will help you. He is sympathetic. He has borne all our weaknesses. He has endured every temptation that we will ever go through at a far greater intensity than we shall ever face. And now he is crowned with glory and honor, having tasted death for every man. So come. He is the Lord. He will protect you. His love is as certain as his crown is. And no one can ever take that off his head because he wore the crown of thorns, because he was pierced for us. And now as our Lord, he has our names engraved on his hands. And as the prophet said, he never forgets us. And he is armed with power and he is a great force. His chariots are a hundred thousand times a hundred thousand to help us. So take all of your problems to him. And don't think, well, I'll do this this afternoon. No, do it throughout the day today. Do it for your business, for your job to deal with the little problems that may come up. One of the worst things you and I can do is to train ourselves to trust ourselves. As a businessman, that is one of the worst things you can do is to say, I can do this. And you force yourself and you push through it. I know I've done the same thing. I can do this. It's one of the worst things you can ever teach your heart because we are a unit. And if I teach my heart over here, I can do this. I can push through this. I can force myself to do this. And you don't call upon the Lord. It's going to seep into other areas of your life. I have known salesmen who have lost any sense of reality because they believe their own shtick about themselves when they were with other people. And they lost that sense of, it doesn't matter whether I'm selling or I'm buying, promoting, or marketing. I'm poor and I'm needy unless the Lord walks with me. So we've got to come to him in our business our homes, and our marriage because he is our only helper. He is our only sure, crowned, enthroned lover. And nothing can separate us from that love. Someone might think, yeah, but I'm pretty bad and I've had a horrible week. His love is better, stronger than your bad week. Oh, I'm worried about this. His love is more powerful than any of your worries. He has all wisdom and majesty, and he loves all his elect. You might say, my eyes are blurry with tears because of these problems in my life, but his, his eyes are red with fire because he sees all and he knows all, and he can help always cry out to him. 
He is Lord over all. Worship Him. Come to the Father and trust Him fully. Amen. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in Him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Dot org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, Post Mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener supported, which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are two in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.